Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. But straight away, let's turn to our opening guests. I'm joined by the Chief Executive of Fault Ireland, Wexford man Paul Kelly. Good morning to you, Paul. How are you? Good morning, Alan. How are you doing? How are you doing is the question, because these are hectic times for you. You've just unveiled a major plan. It's the plan for Tourism 22, and the word recovery is very much to the forefront of this. We've lots of questions to put to you on this, but can you just give us an overview of what the plan entails, please, Paul? Yeah, absolutely, Alan. I mean, the, 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 the three key challenges that we're working on supporting the tourism industry are the survival challenge, the staffing challenge, and uh, and then driving demand to the tourism uh, to tourism businesses, and then there's three key opportunities that we're working on, which is around destination development, digital enhancement, and um, excuse me, some comes we got caught much with digital enhancement and sustainability. Um, are the are the three key opportunities? So we've we've unveiled a, a a comprehensive range of plans across all of those areas. You know, in terms of we're looking at an outlook for tourism that. Uh, that is, is good from a recovery point of view, given the, the devastation that tourism has had over the last couple of years, uh, you know, in terms of there's still accumulated savings. Obviously, the easing of restrictions, massively important. Uh, there's, there is some accumulated savings uh, still there to be got from a, a domestic and international. And we're also seeing good recovery in international access, particularly air access that we're going to see about uh, 80% of the seat capacity that was in Ireland in 2019 back established again, which means there will be planes flying and there will be, that, that's essential for, for bringing uh, okay. inbound visitors into the country. So there's good opportunities for growth, but there's challenges for sure. Alright, one of the big challenges is the staffing shortage. I've spoken to a number of hoteliers uh, most recently to Colin Neville, who wears two hats, apart from being a hotelier, is also uh, the president of Enniscorthy Chamber of Commerce. I've spoken to Bill Kelly. Uh, these are just two of the many recognised hoteliers around County Wexford. They both came forward with suggestions about staffing. What is your uh, s- solution to the problem? What are you proposing to... What is a chronic staff shortage? There are 40,000 vacancies. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we, we conducted the most comprehensive piece of research that was ever done on staffing and tourism at the back end of last year and, of, you know, in terms of gained huge insights, both both amongst employers but also, importantly, amongst employees. Uh, and from that, we've developed a, a comprehensive range of, of support. So, I mean, first of all, you know, there is no silver bullet here. You know, the staffing crisis is not, is not just a tourism crisis. It's in every sector of the economy. Uh, and it's not just in Ireland. It's, it's all around the world. Um, the, the, the staffing challenge seems to exist now as we come out of, uh, out of COVID. And uh, so, look, I mean, the work, the work we're doing to support the tourism industry is, first of all, helping them to, uh, to, to recruit as many staff as, as they can in the short term. And that's through a combination through local linking in with, uh, linking in with, with, schools and universities to try and get people in that way, doing research as to how we might uh, get people from overseas, both EU uh, markets, what, what might be good countries in EU to go and attract staff from, because uh, undoubtedly we, there was a lot of foreign workers who went home during, during COVID. Right. It's now how, where's the best place to go and get them back? We also work with the Department of Enterprise and Trade and Employment on work permits, etc., to try and get as many possible jobs as tourism qualifying for that. So a range of issues on, on, on the recruitment side. Then really importantly as well is on, uh, you know, making the industry more attractive and making the employment practices in the industry more attractive for people to, to come into. So we've just launched a, um, you know, an, an, an excellent employer program that we're going to be rolling out across this year. Um, we announced that uh, at, our, at our conference okay. on Tuesday. 
Paul, one of the, one of, sorry for cutting across you. One of the big talking points that when this issue is raised, a lot of staff, uh, former staff members come back to me and they say, pay salary, this is a big, big issue at the moment. A lot of people, when they, they retrained, didn't they? They use these training courses, online training courses, and have gone into different areas. So there's two aspects to this question. First of all, paying conditions. Can that be looked at? Yeah, well, look, I mean, I think, you know, our research clearly shows from talking to the thousands of, of, of employees and former employees of, of, of tourism businesses that, you know, certainly there is a demand. And that's true across the board of, you know, uh, looking for looking for higher pay. And that's, that's true across the board. But there's a lot of other things that employers can do as well. And that's, you know, in terms of things like one of the big things that came out was stable shift hours and being able to plan. Uh, so people knowing that, what hours they're going to be working and not getting that kind of call the day before to say, look, I need you to come in at nine o'clock tomorrow morning or eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, and you weren't rostered for that. So that's, that stable shift pattern, uh, is, is something that's really important and trying to plan for that and give employees that type of, of notice. Also, you know, uh, you know, Good work practices, you know, need need to be in place there as well, where staff are treated with respect. Where if there is a if there's a disagreement between, you know, or an issue with a customer and a staff, that the employer takes the right balanced approach, and the manager takes the right balanced approach in engaging with that. Uh, and so there's a, there's a whole host of right. issues around making the workplace a really good workplace for staff. Um, right as well as as well as the pay side things. Yeah, because you don't just skirt around the issue. Far from it, you t- you're, you're tackling it head on. You say four in ten workers in PUP did not return to their pre-pandemic employer, and one in three workers are now new to the industry, compounding the skills gap that existed pre-pandemic. How are you going to close that gap? Well, we have we have a a, a whole range of training programs that uh, you know that are out there uh, that will help uh, that will help. Um, uh, rebuild those skills for, for the industry. But, but I think, look, re- really importantly is that, you know, in terms of, you know, when we talk to those, when we talk to, to the employees, they're really clear. They're not looking to fall to Ireland or, or any other state agency. They're looking to their employer. So, you know, th- th- not, that's really important is that we will support the industry and provide the kind of best support we can. But the industry, you know, absolutely, they're the employers, they're the people that need to, need to look at that. And we're, we're, We've got training programs to them to help train the trainer, to help yeah. teach employers how best to onboard people, etc. So, you know, in terms of, so we'll have, we'll have a whole range of, of things that help upskill employers, but it's ultimately up to the employers right. uh, to, to deliver that. Right. Let, let's look towards, uh, before we go into the other areas as well, which is the doubling of investment, the strong recovery in inbound tourism. Can we just focus in on your own native county, our native county, Wexford at the moment? Rossler, your report on the return of passenger travel. How much of an emphasis are you going, or can you in your, in your position put on that? Because we're, we're aware of the freight and the fantastic stats that have emerged about freight. When it comes to, once again, attracting people into county Wexford and the services we offer, what are Fault Ireland going to do for Wexford? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll, I'll come to that in a second, if I can, Alan, because look, I, was, I was very disappointed to hear uh, some commentary that's made it into the media and made it into national media from one of your local councillors there to say that Fault Ireland have a blind spot in Wexford. And, and nothing could be further to the truth. And I want to, I want to reassure you know, all of your listeners, and particularly those listeners uh, in the tourism industry, you know, in terms of the work that Fault Ireland have done in Wexford is, is absolutely Trojan. We have put over €2 million Euros into helping Wexford businesses to survive and adapt to COVID. 
we have put over 500,000 euros into over 200 businesses in Wexford to help, excuse me, improve their outdoor dining facilities. We're putting another 250,000 into the outdoor dining facilities in Monk, Monk, uh, in Monk Street. We are, we're working, uh, you know, over 2 million euros in Johnstown Castle, about a million euros in world-class facilities in, in Curraclough Beach. I could go on involving new Ross transformation projects, working with the, the South East, uh, working with the local authority on South East Greenways, etc. You know, so, you know, nothing could be further the truth in terms of having a blind spot for Wexford. And comments like that are, you know, they're, they're untrue, they're unfair, they're unhelpful uh, to, you know, to everyone who's working morning, noon and night to try and grow tourism in Wexford as, as in other areas. So, you know, I mean, in terms of your question on Ross Lair, your report, yes, absolutely, we're working, <coughs> excuse me, our colleagues in Tourism Ireland do the overseas marketing side of things, and we're working with them on, uh, on how do we best leverage that extra ferry opportunity that is there, because obviously once the, once the ferries are running for the freight, there's extra passenger opportunity, and we'll be working with them in terms of how can we how can we leverage that to get more business into the southeast? Right. Uh, I mean, there, there's another aspect. I'm looking out in the key front here, this wonderful key front that you and I both know very well. The tourist office. I think you and I sp- spoke about this before. Some people, they will go online and they'll access the information online. Are there any plans to uh, open the tourist office, say, on the key front here or other tourist office around for people who like the personal touch where they meet representatives of fall tournaments? <coughs> what do you think? Yeah, look... Um we are opening the tourist office uh, from uh, from the months of June to September because that's a tourist office. You've got to remember, yeah, you're absolutely right. The vast, vast majority of people are accessing their tourist information online. You know, in terms of they're, they're, they are uh, they're, they're going on their phones primarily or whatever you know to get their tourist information off. So that's that's what the vast majority of people do. I've got to remember the purpose of tourist information provision is to get is to make sure the business, the tourism businesses in Wexford are known by the visitors that come to Wexford. So our job is to get as much information about the tourism businesses in Wexford to the people who are coming to Wexford so that they can know about it, both to inspire them to come and then when they're in Wexford, spend time in those tourism businesses. And we've launched a new strategy on tourism information that's going to get information on tourism business in Wexford to over eight times the number of people. We've put in new new tour. We've got a whole new uh, uh, digital presence, but also we're putting in tourism information kiosks. We have them in Johnstown Castle. We have them in the Creative Hub there in Wexford Town. Uh, we have them in the, in the National Heritage Park, etc. We have them in Circle K and Gorey. So we've got a range of these where people can pick up the maps for those that want, because people do sometimes want, they want the maps as well, because you can't see it big enough on your phone. You can't get the full area. So they, they want the maps. It's the second thing they want. So we're going to provide all of that. Right. The tourist information offices... Uh, the old, very, very, very few domestic visitors ever go into a tourist information office. Over 85% of the people who go into tourist information offices are overseas visitors. And about 70% of those come between the months of June to September. So, you know, in terms of the context of everything we have to do to, to support tourism in Wexford, you know, kind of having people sitting in empty tourists, having full charge staff sitting in relatively empty tourist information offices in the winter months, through no fault of their own, great mm-hmm. people who really want to do work, but it's just soul-destroying right. to have people kind of sitting in, in tourist offices and, 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 and right. a really inefficient use of, of, state, of, of state money. But we're going to be open during the summer uh, mm-hmm. and find the overseas visitors are there. 
and providing that service uh, okay. that service then. And I make, make, make one provision uh, Festival Opera Time here in Wexford will be a wonderful time for for you to capitalise on uh, up to 20,000 visitors that come into the county maybe that's one you could look at closely as well well, look, I mean, in terms of, we, 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 will, we will make sure in terms of that we've got the right provision yes. during the Wexford Festival Opera in terms of making sure that, you know, but, but the ultimate thing is it's not about okay. whether the office is open or not. It's about whether we can, how we can get those, the right information to those visitors to support Wexford tourism businesses. Because it's not about our tourism office. It's about Wexford tourism businesses and getting the money into those tills and getting people spending time. In, in those areas. So that's, that's what we're trying to make sure we do. Okay, look, let's talk about the link between North and South as well because someone just messaged me this morning to ask me to, to, to put this to you. Are, there, are you strengthening the links with Northern Ireland so it's, it's a joined up thinking when it comes to tourism? And if so, this would be a positive thing, bearing in mind the volatile situation that has existed because of what's been in our history and also with Brexit, etc. Is there joined up thinking between you and the North when it comes to tourism? Oh, oh, oh absolutely. I mean, we, we, I talk regularly to, to my counterpart in tourism northern ireland and when it comes to marketing uh marketing ireland abroad it's marketed as the island of ireland by our sister agency tourism ireland we work really closely with them to make sure places like wexford are appropriately featured in that marketing but uh, you know when people come to ireland they don't come to the republic of ireland or they come to Northern Ireland. they come to ireland and the border is you know meaningless to them and they want you know uh, you know they want to see you know, Johnstown Castle, the Hook Lighthouse, Dunbrody Famishift, but they also want to see the Giant's Causeway and the Titanic experience in Belfast and, and the great things there are in Northern Ireland to do. And one of the great things about Ireland is if you're coming from somewhere like, you know, uh, the, the US or continental Europe, Ireland is really small. We kind of think of, oh, that's hours away. But, but in the context of people from other, from other countries, you know, that, you know, a two or three hour drive is nothing, you know, so, yeah. so, it's really important that we, and we absolutely do market and join up. And, and we're working on a whole range of projects along, along border counties with our colleagues in, in, tourism, right. uh, in tourism Northern Ireland you know, to make sure that, that that is as seamless as possible for our international visitor. Okay, I appreciate you coming on and, and talking to us this morning. Uh, I've already been asked to remind you about your Wexford roots again. Uh, tell Paul <laughs> Kelly to remind him of his Wexford roots. He went to Castlebridge National School and his mum still lives in Castlebridge. So she's possibly tuned in as you're speaking this morning. So you better say hello to your mum or will be in trouble. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll never forget them. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, all right. Final question then revolves around the digital audit of 800 hotels, which again, bearing in mind the importance of the hotel trade in County Wexford. Uh, can you give us some information on this, please, uh, Paul? Yeah, well, as I said, di- digital enhancement is, is one of our is one of our kind of key opportunities because, as we all know, during COVID, the, everything online accelerated massively, and uh, and you know, and, and that no more so than, than than in the tourism space. So now we we've got a program in place, and a number of Wexford attractions and activities are taking part in this, where we're overhauling their digital presence. And that's, that's the first and most important thing because the research people do about what is there to see and do in a place like Wexford is going to make the difference between whether they come to Wexford or whether they go somewhere else. So the first thing we had to do was make sure the attractions and activity providers, that their digital presence was as good as possible, not just for their businesses, but because people will come to an area for those um, and then they'll stay in the hotels or, 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 or guest houses or B&Bs or self-catering and, and they'll eat in the restaurants and drink in the pubs and all that stuff. But they come predominantly for the attractions and activities and we've been doing that and we've got fantastic results from the businesses that are engaging with us on that. 
The next step then is in later this year, probably quarter four this year, we're going to do an audit of the the hotels. Generally speaking, have had better online presence, better websites, better connection into international distribution channels uh, through the digital uh, through digital business online. So we but but so we they have been better in general. Uh, but we still think there's opportunities to improve them. Okay. To improve them. So we're going to do an audit of all the hotels, figure out what's best practice, figure out where the gaps are, and then work with those hotels that we can work with and support, so that once again their digital presence can bring as many people into Wexford as possible. Thank you for taking our call this morning. Do keep us updated with any further developments, particularly when it comes to County Wexford. You'll be glad to know the seagulls are flying over Wexford Quay and the sun is shining, and we're open for visitors. But always shines in Wexford Alley. That's what we tell everyone. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.